Welcome, I'm Shalom Black. I'm the Grants Program Coordinator for Loudoun County's Department of Management and Budget. And I'd like to thank you for joining us today for a uh, brief overview of the fiscal year 2019 grants process for nonprofits um, through Loudoun County. We'll go ahead and start right on in with the slides. The purpose of the nonprofit grant process is to strengthen the county's coordination and collaboration with our nonprofit partners and also to ensure opportunities for local funds to be leveraged in the most effective manner for core safety net services that assist vulnerable and disadvantaged individuals and families in meeting a critical need for safety, health, security, and independence. In December of 2017, the Board of Supervisors approved some changes to the current uh, grant process, and those were in four basic areas. First of all, um, they made changes to the areas of need. We'll cover those in a little more detail later on. Um, the changes basically are to reflect the desired human service outcomes that the board would like to see resulting from the funding. And also, um, we have tried to make sure that funding amounts reflect the local needs as identified by the nonprofits. In terms of accountability, we will be requiring quarterly reports of anyone who is awarded funds, and there will be an increased emphasis on outcomes and evidence-based programs. Funding levels will be another area where there have been some changes this year. We're going to allow organizations to apply based on their current need instead of on the previous funding amount this year. Um, and we also have decided to create a simplified application for grants that fall under $5,000. That's called the mini grant process, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. In addition, we are going to provide additional assistance for nonprofits. Uh, this webinar is part of that mission. Uh, we wanna make sure that grant seekers are able to um, have all of the tools and all of the knowledge that they need to do a good job on completing the grant application. There are two additional webinars that will be offered. One is on outcomes evaluation, and one is sort of a grants 101 that goes over the basics of grant writing. In addition, um, if you take a look at the application manual that's on our website, you'll notice that it has been expanded and it now includes a scoring matrix and some additional guidance for applicants. So the new areas of need for fiscal year 2019 are um, now in four categories. And as I mentioned, they are really focused more on the outcomes that we wish to re see resulting from the funding. So the first one is prevention and self-sufficiency. And these are services focused on assisting individuals and families in becoming and or remaining independent and stable and providing tools, skills, strategies, and resources to individuals and families. The second is crisis intervention and diversion. Services provided to individuals and families in crisis to overcome immediate problems and reduce or prevent further penetration to more restrictive and expensive higher level services. In terms of long-term support, those are services that focus on assisting individuals who have continuing 
long-term support needs to remain healthy, safe, and independent in the community. And the final area of need is improved quality of human services. These are services and opportunities provided to individuals, organizations, and communities that enhance the quality, accessibility, accountability, and coordination of services provided by community organizations. The eligibility criteria for these grants is pretty similar to it as it has been in um, past years. You must be a 501c3 nonprofit certified by the Internal Revenue Service. We will ask you to submit uh, proof that you're a 501c3 as part of the application. Your mission needs to be consistent with the county's overall mission. You must have a documented data-driven need for the organization's program or service. You must have demonstrated outcomes for the program or service. And you must provide a direct benefit to Loudoun residents. Um, you may be an organization loca located outside of Loudoun County, um, but as long as you're serving Loudoun County residents and you can tell us the number of residents that you serve within the county, um, we are allowing you to apply for funds. Um, the organization must enhance county functions and you must show documented efforts to secure funding from other sources. You must have administrative resources to administer funds and to implement and oversee the program or service. And your funding requests must be realistic given the service level. And we also wanna ensure that the organization does not rely predominantly on county grant funds. In addition, of course, you must impact one of the areas of need that has been created by the Board of Supervisors. Now, the process for fiscal year 2019 is entirely online through our website. Um, you can go to www.loudon.gov slash nonprofit grants and find the application form that, there. We'll walk through that a little later on. Um, both the regular grant process and the mini grant process use the same application. Um, both applications are due on February 22nd. I would give you a word of advice. Please don't wait till 11.59 p.m. to submit your application. Um, if for some reason you would have a problem with submitting it or um, have some kind of technical issue, um, no one will be available to help you. Um, I'm usually out of the office by 4.30 or 5 o'clock, and I'm available by phone if you're having technical issues. Um, but I'm not giving out my cell phone number, so uh, you won't be able to contact me uh, past close of business that day. Um, really recommend trying to submit the application a day or two before it's due, if that's at all possible for you. We do also ask that you only submit one application per organization for fiscal year 2019. Um, so that means that you'll need to take a look at both the regular grant process and the mini grant process and decide which one is a better fit for your organization. And we'll talk through that a little bit more and hopefully give you some criteria to make that de decision. I will be compiling a question and answer document and that will take any questions that have been asked and um, put them on our webpage um, so that they are available publicly. Uh, that should be uh, available very soon. You can send me an email with any questions um, to the email listed on the screen. And I will uh, make sure that 
all of the answers to your questions have been answered uh, no later than February 20th. Your application will be reviewed by a team of county staff made up of myself and um, some individuals from our human service departments. Um, this means that every application will be reviewed by somebody with some um, subject matter expertise and um, they will have that level of knowledge about the services that you're providing. The awards then will be recommended to the board at their April 19th meeting. That is a public meeting and you're welcome to attend. If you're unable to attend, we will be sending um, emails out to everybody within a week, um, letting you know what the status of your application is. Now there are seven sections to the application. We're gonna walk through each one of them um, as part of the application, um, but this is sort of a general overview of the different sections that you'll be asked to complete as part of the application process. So the application form is located on our webpage, uh, loudon.gov slash nonprofit grants. And I'm gonna walk through the application process with you so that you can see what it looks like. So this is the landing page uh, for nonprofit grant funding. And you can see there's an overview. Um, this is the link for the application itself. You also can find uh, our evaluation plan template here. And you can find the uh, manual that explains the application process here. Um, please note that there's a different manual and a different evaluation plan for the mini grants process and those are listed under the new mini grants process heading. Um, we also will have the PDFs for the trainings um, available here under grants information and training opportunities. So let's take a look at the application. If you take one thing away from this webinar, it would be, um, please, please, the very first thing that you do needs to be um, decide whether you're applying for a mini grant or whether you are applying for the full regular grant process. Um, what you check on this question will determine what uh, questions you see later on in the application. So I'll give you an example. If you don't check anything, You'll scroll down and it will be a little confusing because you'll have two number ones, two number twos, two number threes. So we're gonna go up to the top and we're going to check no. We're applying for the full amount and not for a mini grant. Uh, the first part, as I mentioned, is your basic organizational information, contact information. Um, we will have you talk about your mission and your milestones. The second part then, uh, ask you about the services that your agency provides. Um, I do wanna make a word of clarification. Um, if your funds will be used for a specific program or service, please describe that program in the context of your larger organization in the questions here in part two. 
However, if you're applying for operational costs for the entire organization as a whole, please give an overview of all the programs and services offered in the questions below. Uh, we're one of the few funding sources that are um, allowing nonprofits to apply for operational costs and we want to continue doing that, but we did also want to make that clarification so that you know what kind of information we want in part two. So a lot of these are very similar to previous years, um, and I'll let you sort of read through them, and if you have questions, you can contact me. Uh, I think they're pretty straightforward. Um, one new question that I wanted to draw your attention to is number five, does your organization utilize any evidence-based programs rated effective or promising? If so, please indicate which federal registry website lists the program. Um, so what we are looking for in this uh, are programs that the federal government recognizes as being evidence-based. Um, there is a registry at um, SAMHSA.gov, um, the website that's listed here, and you can type in the name of the program that you're using and it will um, tell you whether or not it's rated effective or promising. Um, I will say that typically if you're using an evidence-based program, um, you will know it um, because you will have had to go through a very specific type of training and there will be um, a lot of discussion about following the curriculum or the program to fidelity. Um, so it's most likely, likely that if you're using evidence-based programs, you probably already know that. Um, I would say we're not uh, excluding organizations that are not using evidence-based programs. We're just trying to get a sense this year of how many evidence-based programs are in use throughout the county. Um, so we'll go through and we'll talk a little bit about the need for the program, the number of participants, um, referrals, collaboration with county government and other organizations, um, volunteer services. Um, Eleven, we're asking you to talk a little bit about your sustainability plan for the program. Um, outside of the request to the county for funds, uh, what other types of resources do you have available to help uh, fund this identified program or service. Um, we will also have you talk a little bit about using the funding as leverage to obtain funding from other sources. And uh, 13 and 14 are uh, questions that uh, you need to take a look at. If you're currently receiving funds for fiscal year 2018, um, you will need to fill out question 13. What would the impact to the county government be if your organization did not receive funding in fiscal year 2019? If you are not receiving funding this year, then you would fill out question 14. What would be the impact of receiving funding on your program or service? Um, so you're going to fill out one or the other and um, make sure that you take note of the correct one. Now part three is new this year. This is a goals and outcomes evaluation plan. It is required for everybody, um, whether you're doing a regular grant or a mini grant. And you can download the template and the instructions by click clicking on the link below. Um, it's also available on our website. When you click on the link, 
Uh, it should take you to a box that asks you to uh, save the file and you can save it wherever you wish to on your computer. Once you're done completing that template, you can hit the upload button and it will allow you to navigate to wherever it is that you have saved that file and you can open it and it will upload. It will not let you submit this application without uploading an evaluation plan file. We'll go into a little more detail on the evaluation plan later on, um, but that is the uh, sort of overview of the logistics of downloading and uploading the template. In terms of your financial information, um, note that when we ask for the fiscal year start date, uh, we're asking for your organization's fiscal year. That might be different from the county's fiscal year. And you have calendar options that you can hit there on the right-hand side of each text box. We want you to provide the financial information for the entire organization and not just the program that's requesting funds. Um, if you're a chapter of a larger regional or national organization, please just provide the information for your chapter only. You'll be adding your operating revenue line by line. There's a drop-down box where you can choose the source of revenue and then go through and fill it in for each of the years requested. You can add lines by clicking on the blue add link. And then if you have too many, you can delete them by hitting the X. Those lines will automatically sum here under total operating revenue. So as you enter the amounts in each of the different lines, they will be summed for you in this set of boxes. Same for operating expenses. You'll have some uh, options as you click through and you can put in the various line items that you use for your organization. You can click add to add additional lines or X them out and those will be summed as well. Under employees and clients, we're asking you for the total number of employees for your organization. Um, a full-time employee is 1.0, part-time typically is counted as 0.5, and um, then we're asking you to give us the number of unduplicated clients that are served by either the program, if you're requesting program funds, or by the organization, and the number of unduplicated Loudoun County residents served by the program or by the organization for each of these years. Part five is staff salaries, and we only want you to include salaries that are funded in part or in whole by the county um, budget requests that you're making. You don't have to put in all of the salaries for everybody that works for your organization. Once again, you can add additional positions by clicking on add. If you're applying for a mini grant, this section will not show up, so you don't have to worry about putting in staff salaries. Part six is your actual budget request. Um, FY 2018 funding award amount, if you did not receive funds in FY 2018, just put a zero in this box. Um, and then FY19 funding request amount is the amount that you're requesting for this uh, grant cycle. 
we're going to ask you to explain that amount that you're requesting in question number 15. So how will these funds be used? Please give us a narrative description of each item in your budget request, clearly describing how the funding amount request was developed. So we want you to take a look at uh, the calculations and to show us the calculations for um, salary, for rent, for whatever it is that it, you might be requesting. Uh, we want to know how that funding amount matches the need that you have identified uh, throughout your application. And um, we want you to give us a good idea of um, how exactly you came up with the amount that you are requesting. It's especially important this year because we are um, opening it up to allow nonprofits to request what they need and, and not basing it on previously awarded amounts. Um, so making the case for the funds that you're requesting and why you need the amount that you are requesting will be extremely important this year. Question number 16, if fully funded, what percentage of your organization's or local chapter's budget will county funds comprise? Show how you calculated this percentage. Um, basically, we want to see that the county is not the primary funder for your organization. So we want you to show the math and um, show us uh, percentage-wise how much you're requesting um, when compared with your total operational budget for your organization. Required documentation is part seven. This is a little bit different this year in that you must upload a document for all the fields that are marked as required. And you can see fields that are marked as required have a red star. If you're unable to provide one of the documents, we want you to upload a document that explains why you cannot. So basically, you would go in and create a Microsoft Word file. Um, you would write up a brief explanation of why you don't have that document to upload, and then you would upload it in that position. Um, we would like you to then go down and indicate that you've attached an explanation in this space at the bottom of the form. So under explanation, um, we'd like you to type, um, we were not able to provide you with a strategic plan. And you will upload then an explanation of why you could not provide us with the strategic plan um, by hitting the upload button and uploading the file that you've created in Microsoft Word. Um, one of the questions we've received a lot is whether uh, we will accept um, reviewed financial statements as opposed to audits. That's fine. We would like whatever you can provide for us. We know that some smaller nonprofits um, don't have the funds available to have a full audit done. Um, and so we'll take whatever it is that your organization uses um, um, with an explanation if possible. The FY18 mid-year report um, is for the organizations that have received funding this fiscal year. Um, you may upload that mid-year report here. Um, in addition, if you would like us uh, to take a look at any uh, additional funding resources that you've received, um, any final reports that you've submitted to other funders, um, maybe you've not been funded by the county before, you can upload that document there in its place. 
We also give you the opportunity to upload additional documents. So that would be something like a logic model, an annual report, a brochure, things along those lines. And you can upload them by using this button. Another new uh, offering that we have this year is that we are requesting that you provide your authorizing officials email address. Now that might be your board chair, it could be your treasurer, um, your president or CEO or your executive director. Whoever is authorized to sign off on your grant op applications should be the one whose email address goes in this spot. Um, that's going to act as the digital signature for your application and certify that all the information is true and accurate. Once you have entered all the information and you've gone back through and made sure that anything that has a red star next to it um, has been filled in or uploaded, um, you can choose to either save as a draft, and in order to do that, you're going to need to enter your email address and then create a password to get back into the form. Make sure that you write down the password that you've created for yourself because it's very difficult for us to go back and try to figure out what your password was. Um, so if you create a password, make sure that you write it down somewhere that you can find it again. After you have completed the entire application and you are done reviewing it and you're ready to submit, you're going to hit the submit button there at the bottom and it will pop up with a screen that will allow you to download a PDF version of your completed application. It should say, thank you, your application has been submitted. Within the next uh, several minutes, you should receive an email that comes from my email address that states that your application has been submitted. And if you do not receive that email within an hour or so, take a look in your spam filter to make sure it's not there first. Um, and then let me know if you still have not received that confirmation email. And I can check and see if we have it in our system. We're gonna go back up to the top and we're gonna run through the mini grant application. So in order to make this into a mini grant application, you click yes. And that hides uh, quite a lot of the fields for uh, the full application. You'll still do your basic organizational information. Part two is uh, much briefer. And in question number two, you're going to describe your program or your service that you're applying for funding for. And then you're going to actually talk about your um, narrative description of the budget items in this section as opposed to doing it further down. So you'll talk about the program and service and talk about the costs that are associated with that program or service in this particular section. We'll ask you about um, the benefit to Loudoun residents, the data that documents the need, um, any metrics on the impact of the program from previous years. We also have a, a question here asking if this uh, funding will be used for capacity building or piloting an innovative program or replicating an evidence-based program. Um, if so, you can check one of those boxes. And again, as with the other application, we do ask you if you're utilizing any evidence-based programs rated effective or promising uh, within your organization. Again, just so that we have a sense of who in Loudoun County is using evidence-based programs.
as with the other application, you'll have to fill out a goals and outcomes evaluation plan. This one is specific to the mini grant evaluation. Um, and you only need to do uh, one or two objectives for this as opposed to four or five for the full grant process. The rest is very similar to the uh, full application. As I said, you won't have to do section five on staff salaries. Um, the budget request, all you're doing is filling in what you received in fiscal year 18 and then what you're requesting for fiscal year 19 because you're going to talk about your budget request earlier in the application. Um, and then you have a lot fewer uh, required documents to upload as well. So that is the basic overview of our grant application. We're going to go back into the slideshow here and uh, go into a little bit more information on some of those pieces. As I mentioned, the most important thing for you to remember is that before you begin the application sections, be sure to select an answer for applying for a mini grant of $5,000 or less um, because that will create the appropriate application for you. So let's talk a little bit more about the goals and outcomes evaluation plan. As I mentioned, you're going to download and complete the evaluation plan for your application. You can do that either from the link in the form or from the web page listed there. If you're doing the full grant, you're going to need to identify four or five performance measures to track throughout the year and report on at the end of each quarter. If you're doing a mini grant, you only need to identify one or two measures and you only report on those at the end of the year. So this is an overview of the sort of uh, logic model for the evaluation of our uh, grant process. Our mission is to support local nonprofits providing services that assist vulnerable and disadvantaged individuals and families in meeting a critical need for safety, health, security, and independence. The areas of need, as we talked about earlier, are prevention and self-sufficiency, crisis intervention and diversion, long-term support, improved quality of human service services. Desired outcomes. Now these are the outcomes that we would like you to um, align with the program that you are intending to have funded. And they derive specifically from the um, areas of need that were mentioned in the previous slide. So individuals and families became or remained independent and stable the need for crisis intervention or long-term support services was prevented, individuals and families in crisis overcame immediate problems, individuals or families in crisis were prevented from needing more restrictive and expensive higher level services, individuals who have continuing long-term support needs remained healthy, safe, and independent in the community, and community organizations provided improved or enhanced quality accessibility, accountability, or coordination of services. And ultimately, we hope that um, the impact of these programs is that all Loudoun County residents will be selfie, safe, healthy, secure, and independent. This is the evaluation plan template that you will be filling out as part of your application. 
um, you can see that we ask you to choose one of the four areas of need and then choose one of the outcomes from the list that I presented here. You're going to choose um, whichever outcomes are most directly related to your program. And I should say that it's possible that your program or your organization uh, falls under several, several areas of need or several different types of outcomes, and that is totally fine. Um, you may also just fall under one area of need, um, and maybe your program serves um, just one of the outcomes from the list, and that's fine as well. What we want you to do is to identify objectives that uh, link to the outcomes that you've chosen and um, that will tell us a little bit more about the quality of the program that you are pre presenting. Um, we also would like you to share what data source you're going to be using to um, show what, uh, what is happening in your program. Um, this could be something along the lines of a survey, uh, it could be pre and post evaluation, could be interviews, um, and so there are a lot of different ways that you can gather data to show the uh, quality of the programming that you're providing. Your quarter one target is the uh, amount of service that you expect to provide by the end of September um, 2018. And then the gray columns are the actuals. You're going to use this as your uh, reporting template um, if you receive funding. So what we would like you to do is create targets for the first quarter, for the mid-year, for the third quarter, and for the final report. Um, we'd like those to be cumulative, so that means that it's your um, numerical count or your percentage um, from July 1st, 2018 through the date of the report. I'm going to give you an example so you can kind of see what this looks like. The example I'm using is an organization that runs underage alcohol prevention and intervention programs. Um, so this organization actually uh, fills two of the areas of need, prevention and intervention. Under the prevention area of need, the desired outcome that they have identified is that the need for crisis intervention or long-term services was prevented. The objective, which is what the organization itself creates, um, that is that 95% of their teen participants will remain alcohol-free for at least three months. So you can see that if they achieve this objective and 95% of their teen participants remain alcohol-free for at least three months, then the desired outcome may, might be met, that the need for crisis intervention or long-term services will be prevented. We're going to know this from our data source, which is the uh, participant survey that's conducted three months after the program ends. They have set a quarter one target that 48 out of 50 teen participants report no alcohol use, so that's 96% of their participants. At mid-year, they anticipate they will have served 100 teen participants 
and that 96 of them will report no alcohol use. Um, by the third quarter, they're anticipating that they will have served 150 teen participants and that um, 147 or 98% of those participants will report no alcohol use. And finally, their goal for the end of the program is that 97%, uh, which is 194 of 200 teen participants, report no alcohol use. Now in the intervention category, um, the outcome that they chose from the list that was most closely aligned with um, what they're able to do with their program is that individuals or families in crisis were prevented from needing more restrictive and expensive higher level services. The objective that they created is that 15 teen participants who identified as alcohol drinkers will remain alcohol free for at least three months. And once again, you can see that if they achieve that objective, um, that they will then pre be preventing those teen participants from needing more restrictive and expensive higher level services down the road. Um, for example, they may not, may not need to go into inpatient or outpatient substance um, use treatment um, when they become adults. They might be prevented from entering into the juvenile justice system so that's the link between the objectives and the desired outcomes. The data source that they will use are, um, would be participant interviews that are conducted three months after the program end. Their target for the first quarter is four of the five teen participants who identified as, tobacco, as um, alcohol users will report no alcohol use. Um, at the mid-year, they're anticipating seven of the 10 teen participants who identified as alcohol drinkers report no alcohol use. And by quarter three, 13 of the 15 participants who identified as alcohol drinkers report no alcohol use. And then finally, by the end of the fiscal year, they are anticipating that 15 of the 20 teen participants who identified as alcohol drinkers report no alcohol use. So that's just a brief example of how we would like you to choose an outcome and an area of need from the ones that we've listed and then create the objectives that link to your particular program and a target that's realistic uh, for the program that you are uh, proposing. One of the challenges that you might face is linking your objectives to operational uh, funding requests. So what kind of objectives derive from paying the rent or paying people's salaries? Um, and the solution is really to take a step back and look at a sort of larger if-then scenario. And I'm gonna give you two examples. In the example of rent, you could say, if we do not have rent money, then we will not have adequate space for our program and we would be unable to increase the GPAs of 50 teens. So the overall uh, objective of your program is to increase the GPAs of 50 teens. You're not going to hold a class out in the middle of a parking lot. So you really need to have a building. And in order to have a building, you need to be able to pay rent. Um, so that's how I would propose that you link your objective. 50 teens will increase their GPAs through our after-school program um, back to your operational requ uh, request for rent. Um, similarly, with salary, 
If we are unable to pay staff a competitive salary, then we will not be able to retain high quality certified staff to lead our programs. So your objective then that would derive from that, five programs rated as high quality led by certified staff will be provided to community members. And perhaps the way you know that those five programs are rated as high quality um, might be from um, ratings from the participants or it could be from certification from whatever governing body um, is applicable to your field. Um, so in this example, um, you are paying the salaries for staff, you're paying them a, a competitive salary so that you can offer high quality programs that will benefit the community. Your financial information, um, we've reviewed that and want to make sure that you're providing your financial information for the entire organization and not just the program. Staff salaries, you are only providing uh, information on staff who are employed by the nonprofit organization and paid by county funds. This is not required for many grants. Again, it's important in your budget request that you give a very thorough description of each item in your request, show how you calculated each item, um, describe how the item relates to the project as described, um, talk about the need and how it links to your need, uh, and then also explain how you um, develop this funding amount that you've requested. There's no restriction on the amount an organization can request. But the requested amount needs to be reasonable in the context of the funding levels included in the county's uh, fiscal year 2019 proposed budget for this nonprofit grant program. The amount of funding that you request should be clearly presented and explained. It should be consistently tied to the need described throughout the application. You can use the funds um, to uh, fund the costs that are required to run an organization. Those are what we call the operational um, funding. If you're having trouble figuring out exactly how much to request and what might be appropriate, you can let me know, send me an email, and um, I will uh, try to help you develop something that seems reasonable um, for the need within your organization. The final approved funding, funding amount for each organization will be based on a variety of factors. The total amount of funds that are available, the total amount of awarded requests, the score of your application, the review of the reasonability of your proposed budget items and cost for services, and I'll give you a brief example of this. Um, we'll, be uh, taking a look at your, the cost of your services in comparison to other uh, similar services being provided and making sure that you know, you're not charging 150 an hour for um, a service that typically is uh, $100 an hour. And that's part of why we have our human services staff helping us with this review to make sure that those costs are reasonable. On the other hand, if you put in a request for a four-door sedan to take kids to your after-school program and you request $100,000 for that sedan, we're probably going to uh, reduce the amount of funding that we give you for that particular uh, request. 
The other thing we'll take a look at is the ratio of county funding to the organization's overall operating budget. And we're looking for a healthy funding mix. Um, one of the things that nonprofit accountants look for when they're doing an audit is um, whether the organization is receiving um, a majority percentage of their funds from one particular um, source. Um, if they are, that's usually a red flag because if that funding source goes away, then the organization will probably dissolve. So that's one of the things that we look at as well in terms of your financial health as an organization. Required documentation. Documents can be uploaded or attached to the application in PDF, Microsoft Word, or Microsoft Excel formats. And as I noted, as we were going through the application, you have to upload a document for all the fields that are marked as required. And if you can't provide one of the documents, you need to create a document explaining why you cannot upload that. If you would like to, you may include a final report from another funder if you've never completed and submitted a Loudoun County mid-year report. In terms of the uh, areas of evaluation we will be looking at as we score your applications, these are laid out in detail in the manual uh, for each grant available on our website. I would highly recommend that you take a look at that and that you look at the um, amount of importance and the weight that's put on each of the questions. Um, the service and mission of the organization overall counts for 15% of your score. The demonstration of need for the service within the community is 25%. The goals and outcomes evaluation plan is 15%. Financial health is 20%. Adequate management and administration of resources is 20%. And your prior performance counts for 5%. Um, what we're looking for here especially are those um, organizations that have received county funds um, for this fiscal year and um, taking a look at um, how they have managed those funds, whether they met the outcomes that they proposed. But we also will accept um, for this uh, particular item a um, report, final report from another funder um, that you've completed. Um, so feel free to submit that if you do not have a county report that you can submit. For mini grants, the um, percentages for each of the areas are slightly different, so we'll run th through those real quick. The mission and history of the organization is 10%. The service to be provided, uh, the demonstration of need for the service within the community, all counts for 40%. The goals and outcomes evaluation plan is 15%. And finally, your financial health, adequate management and administration of resources, and prior performance all count for 35% of your total score. Talk a little bit about who should apply for mini grants. Um, the intention when this uh, option was created is that organizations with a small program or a small amount of need could um, just have a shorter and quicker and easier process to go through in order to um, request the funds that they need. In addition, we know that some organizations lack the capacity to complete the full grant application and we wanted to make sure that there was an option available for them. Um, the other 
individuals who should consider a mini-grant application are those who are in organizations that are new to grants altogether and who want to gain some experience with grant writing. Um, it is a much less arduous process than the full grant application and I do highly recommend that if you're unsure whether you have the capacity or whether you have the know-how to be able to complete the full grant application that you really take a look at applying for the mini grant for this year. Scoring of the applications um, will happen after applications are submitted on February 22nd. That's how we will be spending most of the month of March. And um, the individuals and staff people who are scoring the applications will divide them into high, middle, and low score categories. High scores are those applications that we will automatically consider for funding. They're the very strongest applications. There's no question about the fact that the need is there and that we um, want to partner with these organizations. Those who score in the middle will be considered on a case-by-case -case basis. We will meet together as a team and we will review the applications and discuss uh, strengths and weaknesses and come to a consensus on whether or not to award funding. Um, in some of those cases, the funding amount that's requested might be reduced. And finally, those um, scoring in the low category will not be considered for funding at all. Now this is different from what we've done in past years. Those were more of a tier system where um, the applications were divided into thirds um, and it was the top third, the middle third, and the low third. Um, we are not doing that this year. In this case, we may have um, 40 applications that score in the um, high category and 20 in the middle and five in the low category. Um, so we're not dividing it evenly into thirds as we've done in years past. In addition, applications that score less than half of the available points under the category demonstration of need, evaluation plan, or financial health will be reviewed case by case and may be rejected regardless of total score. We feel that those three are very important and um, we wanna make sure that we are scrutinizing any organization that does not score well on those sections. The funding awards will be announced publicly at the April 19th Board of Supervisors meeting and all applicants will be notified of their status within one week after this meeting. You will get an email regardless of whether you're funded or not. Funding then begins on July 1st, 2018 and expires on June 30th, 2019. My contact information is on this slide. I would encourage you to reach out if you have any questions. And I'm Shalom Black. I am the grants coordinator for Loudoun County, and I thank you very much for joining me for this webinar.